Well, hello, AJ. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Great, great. Well, I'm Dr. Jerry from the movingforlongevity.com. And I first met AJ recently, very recently, only about, what, about a week ago, AJ? That's all it was. Yeah, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks <laughs> on your <laughs> online superhuman summit. Um, and that was extraordinary. It gives you the listeners indication of where AJ is, because I definitely like to hang out with movers and shakers. And <laughs> if I'm wrong, AJ, you put this together eight days of speakers online in two weeks. Is that right? Yeah, so in response to COVID and just a lot of challenges people are experiencing, um, my colleague Michelle and I decided we wanted to do something to uplift people and support them. And because so many people were at home, we thought, let's do an online summit and just bring some of the best speakers from around the world, um, you know, to people's homes via their computer. Because a lot of the speakers as well had lost some of their work and, and weren't able to go and speak at conferences, etc. So, yes, it was an eight-day summit, 40 speakers. Um, we had 3,500 people tune in from 16 countries. So, And your talk was certainly a very popular one, Dr. Jerry. Yeah. So, look, uh, just a plug for you. If, if anyone wants to get um, online summits, which I definitely want to be doing in the near future, you are the person. <laughs> Yeah, come have a chat. And we're actually continuing now a superhuman healing series. So we'll continue to have speakers every yeah. week. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so also had a fascination with your 10 degree shift. So realized that we realized that in that immediate interview that you had with me following the summit, that there was a lot of uh, similar synergy in terms of the healing arts. Um, and that's really what got me interested to do a follow-up interview with you, which you graciously accepted. Because um, my theme um, is longevity, anti-aging, and lifelong vitality. Mm. And so it's going to be a 20-minute uh, podcast here interview. Um, and it's in two parts. Part A is AJ's three tips for that longevity, anti-aging, and lifelong vitality. And then the second half is one tool, ritual, or practice that AJ mm. can recommend for others. Um, so... Just a way of introducing this rather than asking you, what are your three tips? It's just like, well, what I'm going to be the devil's advocate. What gives you the authority or credibility for me to even invite or ask someone like yourself to give three tips for longevity, anti-aging and lifelong vitality? So it'd be fascinating to hear briefly your backstory on how you arrived to the place where you can even talk about these topics. Sure. Thank you. So I was a corporate refugee. <laughs> I started my career corporately and, um, you know, worked my way up to a director role in a large public company and really suffered from a lot of stress um, and anxiety, which I think the World Health Organization says that stress is the epidemic of the 21st century. And I couldn't agree more. And I probably at the time would have told you I was fine and didn't realise how much, um, you know, working hard and focusing on the corporate career was actually impacting on my body and my soul, shall we say. And so um, after a bout of adrenal fatigue and where really I flatlined, I took stock of where my life was at and what was most important to me and started to realize that I needed to make some, some shifts and some changes. And so I really did that gradually. And over the last decade have spent time looking at different aspects and areas of my life that I could improve. And then also I realized how important environment was and how 
the environment in many workplaces does drive us to do more and um, to strive more and to chase you know, climbing up a ladder um, or to doing long hours and not necessarily looking after ourselves. And I'd always eaten pretty clean and been a person who always did daily movement, but the levels of stress and the amount of cortisol in my system and the lack of sleep and all of those sorts of things had really severely hampered my immune system and my body. And so it's become a bit of my mission. And so I went and studied NLP um, and hypnosis. I then became a yoga teacher and now I'm studying yoga therapy and looking at Ayurveda and medicine and plant-based um, and different lifestyles. And how do we get that longevity and lifelong vitality? And how can we also bring that into workplaces? Because people spend you know, a good 40, 50, sometimes 60% of their time at work over their lifetime. And so how do we make that a, a healthy experience for people? Yeah, and certainly a theme for me, which I want to parlay or discuss with you is quality of life, because there's all these in no, in no way to belittle or downgrade these, uh, you know, uh, pandemic using the word of courses around extending life, life extension. But if you don't mm. have quality of life, um, what do you have? And it's really in one sense. So yeah, you live to 106, like my lovely grandmother, but the last mm. six years, every time I met her, she said, look, I just want to die. So right. it's a really, so you're 106, 110, but what's the quality around, around that? And, uh, are you just continuing more dysfunction longer? So that's where, your path of around Ayurvedic and yoga, I presume would be around quality of life. And so that would Absolutely. be one of your, one of your, I, I would assume driving goals rather than look, let's just get people living longer. Well, hang on for, for what? Yeah, for, to what end? And, yes. and absolutely, I think when you look at research and studies done on health and well-being, and that's why I've studied a lot of the Blue Zone work, because they have centenarians that have lived to be over 100, but have lived well and are very healthy. And so rather than where you see in some Western cultures, you know, someone retires at 65, by the time they're 70, they're experiencing some real chronic health issues. And so the last 20 years of their life might be there, but they um, don't necessarily have a, a wellness experience of that. And so they don't get to enjoy that part of life. It becomes doctor's appointments and visits. And so I was really looking at how do we make shifts that um, are sustainable and that are healthy and give us that longevity, most certainly. That's absolutely where I'm coming from. And I think there's a whole range of elements and things that lead to that. Um, and a lot of those are in my 10 degree shift model. But a lot of it is just common sense and it's also coming home to ourselves and really tuning into our bodies and listening to where we're at and thinking about, you know, how stressed am I and how do I feel right now, as well as having the right environment of people, community, family, whatever that might be, your tribe around you. And are they well people as well? Because I think what the statistics show is that, and I think it was a beautiful Jim Rowan quote, that you become the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. And it, and it actually is the case. You become the average weight of them, the average wealth and income, you know, the average lifespan, all of those sorts of things. So really just being more conscious about how am I moving through life? Yeah, so that would lead us on to, if you've done research the Blue Zones, could you mm. mention the author behind that so that listeners could even just Google? Because that's a, I think, who, who, if it was Paul, someone, wasn't it? Dan, Dan, Dan Butner. Dan Butner. Dan, 
Yeah, Dan Butner. And if you even just Google Blue Zones, oh, they've got that... a great website. Um, and he literally had um, a, a film crew from um, National Geographic that went with him for a number of years, yes, filming stories years. about communities and people that really lived well. And, um, you know, there was a lot of surprises, like quite a few of them drank a glass of wine a day and things like that. So it wasn't like they did without, um, but they also um, had very much a lot of movement naturally in their lives. They had inconvenient houses, I think was his term. So instead of everything being remote control and push button, they did a lot of manual things around the house. They all had very much a clarity of purpose around their life, whether that was contributing to their family or community or their role um, and what they did. Um, they really had shared values and had a strong community around them. And Primarily, a lot of them ate plant-based diets or at least had a high level of plant um, and food in their diet. So there's lots of things there I think we can learn that are really quite simple to apply um, with a bit of consciousness. Wow. Well, look, you've, you've, uh, we only asked for three tips, AJ. You've, you've gone for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I actually do have some additional tips if you oh, like. On, to on top of that. Yeah. You're an, you're an endless source. <laughs> um, so, so yep. just to recap, before you launch into the additional three tips, you've got shared community, shared purpose, movement, mm -hmm. um, manual work, clarity of purpose, and plant food diet. So that's about six right there. So let's let's try and um, so what's the other three then that you would add on to that? So some of these about just how you apply those or how you might live them, you know, because they sound good, but you go, okay, well, what can I do with that? And so my first one, which is around um, sort of uh, stressing less is to practice and embrace JOMO. <laughs> so JOMO, J-O-M-O is kind of a bit of a spin on the FOMO, fear of missing out. JOMO is the joy of missing out. And that means get really good at doing less in order to be more. So, so many of us think we have to go to every social function and attend every event and, you know, say yes to every whatever invitation we get um, or need to put too much on our plate and do everything and be everything. And so I say embrace JOMO, the joy of missing out. Look at ways where you can actually minimalise what you're doing and really just focus in on the things that really make you come alive and align with your values. So that's one tip I'd definitely say. So just on that one, how has that mm. been related to longevity, anti-aging and lifelong vitality? Right. Well, I think it's again about whether you're burning the candle at too many ends. And so many people just have a level of exhaustion and again are living in that cortisol space because they're driving and pushing all the time. And when we embrace JOMO, we're giving ourselves space in our life to just be, which helps us shift out of the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest. And so we are able to come home to ourselves. We get better clarity of thought because we're actually letting the body and our mind have some breaks and some moments of time to just sit. Mm. So this can be done um, in your senior years. It's not necessarily a young or middle-aged person's uh, activity. You can really do this well into your 90s centenarians. Absolutely. And I think the idea of JOMO is to be joyful about it. So to go, I'm choosing to just sit and have a cup of tea and look at the sunset or whatever it might be. And to have the joy of that, to go, I don't have to do anything or be anything or, you know, be rushing. I can just experience the joy of the moment. Great. And your second tip. 
So my second one is um, probably a bit more around the clear purpose and having a goal kind of in life. And that is to also have some non-negotiables um, and some boundaries. So really thinking about if that's my purpose and what I want to do here, then what are some of the things that I need to say no to? A little bit like Jomo as well, but what do I need to say no to? But also what do I need to bring into my life? So if I'm wanting to have a clear purpose, what are some of the things I want to bring in so that I can bring in the good? So for myself, um, one of the good things that really fills me up that I've brought in is slow mornings and practicing slow mornings. And I know you go for your daily cycle and, you know, have a really healthy way of living and being. And so for me, it was starting to practice slow mornings. And so I don't touch any, um, you know, I don't have a television, haven't had one for 20 years, but I don't touch social media or my phone. I um, choose to go and be in nature first. So I usually walk on the beach or in the bush. Um, I will do a bit of gentle movement and yoga, and then I do my meditation. And so I enter the day um, slowly, as I say. I like to allow myself that space and time. So bringing in a non-negotiable for me is around, you know, having a clear purpose. Part of my purpose is... I want to be a more conscious human and I want to support others to do the same. And I can't live that out if I'm frenetic and I don't have a clear head. So I basically do my inner hygiene, I call it every day, to clear my head and to have myself in the best place possible to function throughout the day. So that bringing in purpose, my experience mm. of you, which I must admit is, is more online, haven't met you, uh, haven't had the opportunities yet. Um, yeah. But you're pumped. You're in that age group where you're on fire. Um, and I think we chat about you're a blaze star. So, you know, those, <laughs> they're yes. both fire, fire signs, really. Um, get, what is it, that, that phrase, uh, the Indian phrase, if you get too close to someone who's um, on fire, you get burnt. Um, yeah. so and I'm a Leo as well. As, <laughs> as well. Oh, that's a triple fire. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm feeling the heat across, across the Zoom waves here. <laughs> um, so you're in that, that phase, but I'm, my fascination being in my mid sixties myself and having a focus mm. from, for lifelong vitality is what I've found, or you may have found also is that the terrific number of people who've been employees retired mm. 65 mm -hmm. yes. and they've been told what to do all their lives. And then suddenly life stops and they mm. love fishing. For example, this lovely gentleman I, I used to have as a patient and I never saw someone go downhill so fast. Because he yeah. used to work full time and fish, and he retired, and all he had was fishing, and there's right. only so much he could fish. So for mm. people that re retire in their senior years, quite a lot of people I find tend to, some of them give up on life, and have yes. that image of the sand timer, sand mm -hmm. you know the sand is running out and they're doing time. So how do you recommend people in that category, that age group, get re-inspired with purpose? Clear purpose. I think yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I actually was just um, meeting prior to this with a, a beautiful woman who does a lot in our community. And um, she would be in her late 60s, perhaps almost 70. And she was saying, you know, once her family had kind of grown up, her focus had been around, you know, creating good humans in her family and her children. Now she does quite a bit of charity work, but specifically around charities and organisations that really align with her and what she believes in and where she feels she can make a difference. And so it could be as simple as that. It could be finding a hobby or something like that. But I think when we are at that 
sunset stage in our life, there's great opportunity also to go within. So perhaps your clear purpose could be about actually exploring more of your inner world and finding out more about what you believe and what makes you tick and your own spiritual practice, whatever that might be. And I'm not suggesting that's a religious practice, but a spiritual practice. I think the sunset part of our life is the biggest gift that we get because we're not maybe cluttered with so much. I need to pay a mortgage and get my kids to school and that it's finally become this opportunity to actually contemplate life. And so I would say, find a path, you know, drink widely from the cup of knowledge, maybe read some books and things on all sorts of different topics that you wouldn't have normally, or find a group of friends in a book club or some kind of social thing where you can keep that interconnectedness, but also have shared ideas and interests and things that still challenge and stretch you because research shows our neurology and, you know, our brain can continue to have plasticity and grow and change. And I think, having a little bit more time perhaps in your world is such a great opportunity for that. And I've seen it even with my own parents. So my mother suffered a very major stroke last year and I've been doing a lot of primary care for her. And I've watched even the small wins for her as her brain heals itself. So she's almost 80 and even at that age, I can see growth and progress. And so that might've been as simple as her being able to push off and get up out of a chair herself. Um, but now it's her relearning how to open the computer and look at an email and be able to communicate with her friends that are overseas. And so it's all just small wins. Um, but looking for something to have as a goal and working towards that um, has really given her something to keep striving for. Yeah. Sure. And the, uh, the third tip for longevity, anti-aging and lifelong vitality. Yeah. And the third one's, Another, I guess, a, a, an interesting one, and that is to practice gratitude. Um, and, you know, really this kind of fits into all of the elements and aspects. And I just think gratitude is such a beautiful gift that we have because if you think about it, gratitude shifts your focus from what you don't have to what you do have. And, uh, you know, I can remember even my grandfather in his elder years and he lost his vision through glaucoma and so had didn't have his sight anymore and had been a very active human, very active man that ran and swam and did things like that every day and he couldn't do that any longer. And so he started to find the things that he could be grateful for, whether that was hearing the birds of a morning or, um, you know, experiencing the taste of an orange. It didn't matter what it was. He started to... I guess, sit with gratitude for the things that he did have. And, um, you know, initially when he lost his sight, some of that was around what he'd lost. Um, and it wasn't until he shifted into the gratitude and what I do have that I, you know, I can remember just how joyful and loving and what a great man he still was. He was a strict disciplinarian, let me say, but, um, you know, he still found things to have joy around and whether that was listening to a talking book or having a chat with a friend. And so I just think gratitude's super vital and important. Um, and I know when I was a corporate refugee, as I said, what I was always doing was looking to the future and always planning ahead and thinking about what was next. And while ever I was there, my head was in the clouds or ahead of myself and I never really came home to my body. 
And um, it's not until we sit in the present moment and gratitude is a great way of coming into the present that we can actually fully taste, you know, what life has to offer. So that's in relation to aging, I guess. It's not so much specifically an anti-aging technique, but it's more mm. bringing in quality of life that you can be doing that in your senior years. Um, you know, as things may, may degenerate or you slow down a little bit and people can get a little mm. bit depressed about the, the uh, senior years. This is something they can bring in a practice, um, which would definitely add quality. Would that be right? Yeah. And so this is, you know, from the perspective of the model, it's a, it's growth mindset. You know, it's the more, what we think about, we bring about what we focus on expands. And we know that the brain filters out so much of what's going on around us. And, um, you know, during COVID, I've seen a lot of elderly people I've had, um, you know, exposure to through being caring with my parents. Um, They're all watching the news and it was all a bit doomy gloomy. And some of them were getting very anxious and, um, you know, the more we then stop and focus on what we do have, um, then that grows. And so it's just being mindful of where do I put my attention and, you know, what better than being grateful for the things that we do have. So I do think it's something that anyone can do at any time. Great. So now what's, so that's the three tips. Thanks so much. They are brilliant. Um, <laughs> that was Jomo, joy missing out, clear purpose yeah. and practice gratitude. Then mm-hmm. we go into um, the one tool ritual practice that you can give to others for longevity, anti-aging and, long, and lifelong vitality. Sure. I'd love to. Um, and this has probably come out of my yoga therapy and yoga practice. And that is the, I guess, power of the breath and coming back to the breath in the body for its ability to, bring in live prana or life force into ourselves. And for a long while, I definitely was someone who breathed unconsciously and probably shallow breathing in a way. Um, And uh, it wasn't until I was at a mindfulness retreat in Bali um, and I had a beautiful man that ran the retreat there, Mahendra, um, come down and put his hand on my diaphragm. And he said, what are you doing? Like all your breath is in your chest. <laughs> and he helped me understand how to really bring the breath down lower and into the diaphragm and the belly. And, um, you know, he told me that sweet analogy that's about how little dogs and birds breathe, you know, 120 times a minute and only live to be 17 Um, humans breathe 60 times a minute, live to be 80, but tortoises breathe only five or 10 times a minute and they live to be 150. And so he said, lengthen your breath and you lengthen your life. And so often when we're stressed or just busy in life and caught up in everything, we can unconsciously breathe. And so I would encourage lengthening the breath, particularly the exhale. And um, my tip for doing that is to make sound. So, um, you know, if you challenge yourself, maybe after you've listened to this podcast, just um, do a nice deep inhale and then exhale and count and see how long your count is. And then do it a second time and have a go this time at just making a sound. You know, that could be la, ma, om, doesn't matter what it is. But if you just la, right, and do that with your breath, the sound potentiates your breath and makes it go so much further. And doing that, 
is allowing oxygen to go to all extremities in your body, to feed your brain, to feed all of the muscles and everything that needs to be regenerating and supporting. So for me, the tip would be to do some conscious breathing every day. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful thing um, because the breath, you know, we're fellow yogis uh, and I bring mm. in my chiropractic osteopathic, you know, um, or spiritual physiology component. And so mm. if you can actually um, consciously slow your breath down, the impact is enormous in terms of um, relaxation. You're talking about the parasympathetic mm. um, and reducing cortisol, therefore boosting the immune system. Um, Absolutely. And just on that, the sound really encourages listeners to add mm. to what AJ was talking about. Uh, it's a fascination because most of us think, oh, I need a fuller breath. So I need to focus on the inhalation, the in-breath. Mm. But in actual fact, you've got intra-abdominal, intra-thoracic pressure gradients. And that's where really, which is formed by the diaphragm moving. So mm. if we don't have that pressure gradients, you're not going to be getting the full breath. So by focusing on the out-breath, as AJ was saying, by making sound and audibly listening as long as you can, then you form literally a vacuum and then the air gets sucked in and automatically you're going to get that deeper inhalation. And that's a wonderful thing as you get older, that generally speaking from a clinical point of view, unfortunately people tend to start stooping their posture, you know, collapses mm -hmm. and that shuts the diaphragm down and locks the yes. ribs in exhalation. So it's making it more difficult to breathe, to breathe fully. And so by focusing on just the out breath, longer duration time interval, then automatically you're going to get a fuller in, inhalation. And that's in all the Chinese and Indian systems, prana and chi is just the, the vitality, the fuel of life. Absolutely. And that's working all those muscles and keeping that flexible so that you get more of that space. And I think that's one of the, very fortunate things my mother experienced she used to be an opera singer so she had great diaphragmatic breathing and we would practice while she was laying in a hospital bed just doing breathing to make sure she didn't lose that and that has i think really supported her recovery um, and similarly i worked in um, a tertiary level hospital for nine years and during that time i saw a lot of people in pain clinics where they might have had really extreme cases of pain that simply could not be medicated to any level that allowed them to function. That breath became probably their biggest um, you know, tool to use to support them so that they could breathe through the pain and make space for it. Um, and in that way, their actual pain, if you would ask them on a scale of one to 10 where it was, they might've been at a 10 or a nine and they could at least reduce to a six or a seven perhaps, which allowed them to maybe function through their day. So there's so many applications and it's free. We can do it anytime, anywhere. Yeah. So I just wanted to uh, lastly um, touch on mindset, the importance of mindset around aging. And I had mm. a <clears throat> quote here which is take chances when you're young so you can tell stories when you're old. Um, <laughs> and so that really triggered me. And I thought, well, you know, that, that's, the, that's the status quo idea of, you know, work hard, get your superannuation and then retire so you can enjoy life. And mm -hmm. rather than keeping expanding, living on the edge, uh, if you don't do that, there's going to be entropy, which is slight, you know, the natural dissolution, the, mm. the breaking down of life. And you keep doing this until your last breath. Um, 
and you know certainly my uh, BKS Oyinga, the uh, Acharya or teacher of the yoga style I do, he was still doing yoga for hours a day into his 90s. So what's mm -hmm. your comments on that quote? Take chances when you're young so you can mm. tell stories when you're old. What Does that trigger, trigger you or what response do you have to that? One? I love it. <laughs> it makes me smile instantly. I love it. And actually, the lady I was mentioning that does a lot of community work that I was just speaking to before this, Jan, she said her father had always told her that her life purpose should be to make good memories. And that if she just focused on that as a life purpose and making good memories every day, that she'd have a good life. And um, that kind of resonates for me in that way as well. I think it's, you know, um, don't wait until the end to sit back and enjoy. And probably the reframe that I recently took on board myself that um, came to me on a morning walk on the beach was an interesting kind of just a, a shift in mindset of going, what if earth was heaven? What if this is heaven and it's on earth? And so, so many people do all the right thing and strive to do whatever in order to hopefully get to heaven one day. And I kind of went, well, how would I live differently if this was heaven? Um, and so it really shifted how I feel every morning when I wake up. It's like we're here. We're already arrived. There's nothing I need to do or be. This is already heaven. And so how do I make the most of this rather than kind of stuffing up by beating myself up or pushing myself unrealistically. So yeah, that's, that's my take on your beautiful quote. <laughs> I love that phrase, call off the search. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. are, you are what you're looking for. Yes. Um, you're already home. You're, you're already there. And that, that really, mm -hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, really moves through your 10 degree shift program. Um, that, that, that you're already, would, would, I, would that be correct? That you're already there or there's some, there's that theme running through that 10 degree shift. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of how it all just strings together. And I think the most important part is to begin with yourself as an individual. A lot of us want to be of service and support others, but if we're not coming from a full cup, that makes it very hard. So start with yourself and then think about once you're in a really good um, energetic vibration or space or, you know, feeling good and being good, then if you look at any of the heart math research or anything that shows, you know, you have a resonance as a human being that can be actually measured. And the more joyful you are, the more in alignment you are, the healthier and happier you are, that has a resonance. And so just by being you, you then have a positive impact on your family, friends, colleagues, patients, whatever the people that are in your life. And then they go on to have a ripple effect as well. So world change, I believe, is totally possible. And, and I don't think we have a healthcare problem. I think we have a self-care problem. And so the more we just look at how we take that on board ourselves, that can then have a positive effect on others. So just summing up, it appears that the, the corporate refugee status was, <laughs> was the, 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 the cornerstone, the pivotal point for you to go on this journey of, holistic self and almost planetary um, self-exploration, improvement. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. It was a bit of a catalyst um, and a wake up, I guess you could say. Um, and it was a slow burn. It happened over many years, but I'm, I don't regret it at all. And I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity. Um, but I still go into workplaces today and see a lot of people suffering. And I want to do whatever I can to support people to look at ways that they can shift that. And I do think organisations and companies and corporates um, are often underestimated at just how much they could change the world. They could really solve some of the biggest social, environmental, health, political issues that we face um, if they're healthy and well and vibrant and coming from the right space. And so that's kind of what the model is all about. It's what my mission is, is to just support that to happen and for people to really take 100% accountability for themselves. So look, we've covered a lot. So I just want to quickly recap. So the mm. three tips for longevity, anti-aging and lifelong vitality on top of your research in the Blue Zones by Dan Butner were mm -hmm. JOMO, Joy of Missing Out, um, Clear Purpose and Practice Gratitude. And then yes. your one takeaway tool, which you were very like, yes, that's the one. Clearly, that's <laughs> the one was breath, breathing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Thank you so much for your uh, well, you know, documented and it's obviously been a whole life journey. This is just not an overnight thing. Um, so how do listeners get uh, contact you in terms of email, website or whatever? Sure. Thank you. And it's been delightful chatting to you and thank you for all that you're doing to bring your lifelong journey and studies to the world. Um, best ways for people to contact me is either LinkedIn and I'm Alexandria Joy or AJ on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a number of websites. So alexandriajoy.com.au, um, uqpower.com.au and also the joybox.com.au, which we didn't really talk about today, but I um, built and live in a tiny house that's an off-grid environmental um, cabin um, on wheels and um, so you can check out photos of my lifestyle on the joybox.com.au as well mm. well look thanks so much always a joy speaking to <laughs> alexandria joy you definitely <laughs> live your 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 namesake so um thanks once again i look forward to uh doing many more interviews and and uh online summits with you in the future oh thank you it's been delicious <laughs> right okay Cheerio for now. Bye. Bye.